Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Uh, there's only three of us today. Greth's managed to sleep his way onto the injured reserve list, uh, but we are joined, as usual, by Mr. David Grant. Dave, hello. Good evening, Joe. Good evening, everybody. Good morning. Well, good morning, yeah. Morning, currently 20 past midnight. Um, and uh, we're joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, hello. Hello, Joe. Hello, Dave. Hello, everyone. Uh, so... A lot going on over the last couple of weeks. Um, apologies to make for a start. Apologies that we didn't have a recording last week. Uh, we all went to the Hallam versus Union Varsity 2's game and then realised that it kind of ended a bit too late to record afterwards. Um, and we apologise for the lack of an intro on the last couple of episodes as well. We've had a few technical issues there, uh, but hopefully we'll get those sorted soon so that we can get that back on there for you. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, there's been a bit of a, um, a few spanners thrown in the works in the league title contentions. The Steelers beat Cardiff 5-4, evening things up for the Giants to take the top spot for about a week, if that. Manchester then beat Belfast 5-2 to, uh, to re-even it out and put Cardiff back on top. Uh, and then just to throw in a bit more contention in the middle of the league in the third, fourth, fifth battle, uh, Nottingham beat Glasgow 4-0. So a lot of games to change some of the ways that things are. A lot of games to kind of make things even closer as we go into the closing of the season. Guys, um, what what are we thinking over the last couple of weeks? I mean, it's, it's been pretty hectic. I think you've nailed it uh, in regards to Spanner and the works. It's just been... The results that have been happening so far this over the last period of time has just been a for the closest of the league, but also no one just no one's had that grab the grab the season, let's finish this and get what we want, either a league title or a playoff spot. Um, and it's now boiling everything down to the final day of the season, and that's been just what everyone really has been wanting for years a close lead to not to go the distance. We're going to have that this year. Yeah, it's uh, certainly closer. Come to the final weekend, and I've never, I've ever known it to be. Um, you know, you've got so many, so many teams battling for that, um, for those final playoff spaces, and uh, yeah, it's it's literally they're just like any team can be anyone right now, and uh, you know, there's every team has got pressure on them apart from MK, obviously, uh, but there's pressure on every single team, and that's including Belfast and Cardiff because uh, the three that are still trying to make the playoff places, you know. They're, they're ramping it up and, and, and they are really challenging them to uh, to get that to get those final spaces. So it's literally anyone's game come come the final week of the season. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, it's been a topsy turvy couple of weeks, as you say. You, you get that kind of that real mix up of Sheffield beating Cardiff, which was uh, unexpected to say the least, and then. All of a sudden, you know, Belfast are sitting top of the league, just need to win all the games. And then all of a sudden, Manchester turn them over in Manchester. Um, and it's been like that all the way through the league over the last couple of weeks. There's been some shock results. Uh, I mean, Belfast have taken eight points from the last five. Cardiff have only taken six from the last five. So it's the first time in a long time since we've been looking at the, the past five form that, that Cardiff have, have dropped a couple of games. Um, Nottingham sitting up there pretty high, eight points from the last five out of five. Uh, and then Sheffield have taken seven from the last five as well. So you can see the uh, the intention and the int- the intensity step up from the teams fighting for those playoff spots as well. Uh, but certainly an end to the season that seems pretty fitting considering the way that the season's gone uh, across the board. Um, so obviously, I mean, we'll we'll segue into that kind of the, the further discussion regarding that. So I mean, with, with this this upcoming weekend is the final weekend in the Elite League. Pause for effect as everybody has an emotional cry about the fact that there's going to be no hockey over the summer. Um, but it, what it does mean is it means this weekend is going to be very, very exciting for a, a handful of teams. Obviously, the first being Cardiff and Belfast. They're obviously the two in the title race. What do we think, guys? Are Belfast or Cardiff going to get the title? What, what do you make of the of the matchup at the end? Belfast are going to do it. And I believe that Coventry are going to throw the last span in the works of the season and they're going to prevent Cardiff getting a three-peat and, in the process, help themselves make the postseason. I think Belf, uh, sorry, I think Cardiff will just pip it. Um, as I said, uh, it'll it, be, t- it be a tough game against Coventry, uh, but no, right from the start, right from the start, I thought Cardiff would probably probably have a good shot at that three-peat, and I thought they'd do it again. You know, they've, they've been there before, past two seasons, they've won it. They've got that. They've just got that form at the minute, and, and 
Lord is recruiting those players that are just creating so much chemistry with the, with the uh, previously winners, the, the players that are still on that team uh, from last year and the year before. Uh, they just find that chemistry, and uh, I think you know it's, it's going to see no end, and I think it's going to go right to the end, even even the playoff final. Um, so I think they've got it in them to do a three peat. I'm 50-50. I'm kind of on the fence. I, it's too close to put your money on. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to say I think Belfast will pip it. Um, but I mean, you ask me again, I'd probably say Cardiff. So it's it really is that it really is hard to say. I mean, I certainly won't be putting any money on it. It's certainly too close. Um, Dave, obviously, you say that Car- uh, the Coventry could be the ones to upset Cardiff. Obviously, every chance uh, Coventry are fighting for that playoff spot as well. So that could also work in the favour for um, for Belfast. But then again, you look at the last result. Belfast obviously played Coventry on the Wednesday just gone. 7-2 win for Belfast. So you wonder as to what intensity Cardiff are going to play and what intensity Coventry are going to play. But if Coventry play at the same intensity and Cardiff match the intensity of Belfast, then obviously it's going to be a very, very difficult game for the Blaze. But it, it's so difficult to say. Um, it really, really is... Um, it really is uh, an absolute accomplishment for both teams to get to where they are and to be pushing each other to the wire completely. Um, but no, I, I like to think that Belfast could pip it, but I wouldn't be putting any money on it anytime soon. Um, then we've got the fight between the three teams at the bottom of the league. We've got Coventry, Manchester and Dundee fighting for that all-important last playoff spot. Um, Coventry currently occupy it. But it could all change. Um, what do we think? Who's getting the last spot? I'll, I'll just com- confirm what I said. That I think Coventry will do it. Um, I think they, given the result and seeing some of the hearts with their performance, I think they've saved themselves for. Um, so I reckon you know they, they're gonna. No, it's gonna be a win-win situation for them. They get the points to stick, go to the playoffs, so they're gonna put and um, prevent Cardiff potentially winning the league. So for them it would be a win-win situation. So I I think Coventry would do it. I think even Manchester or Dundee, um, and both had not had quite the season they wanted to, but um, I think on the playoffs, you know, they'll they'll be right up there. Come the quarterfinals, they'll make it one of them, and um, you know they want to make it. That that's when you know they'll start peaking and finding some form and. Um, yeah, I think I think one of them will be commentary to it. So just looking at the stats for it, Dundee need to win both of their remaining games. Uh, they need to hope that Coventry only get one point and Manchester get no more than two points if Dundee are going to get that 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 place. Manchester play Coventry on Saturday. If Coventry get the win, then regardless of the other scores, that's Coventry locked in for a playoff position. So it is very very close. Um, I think Coventry will keep it. I, I'd, I'd say it's between Coventry and um, sorry, Coventry and Manchester. I can't see Dundee making that last spot, but all four for three teams, similar to, to, to the title contention. To be fair, I wouldn't put any money on it. But for me, I think I, I'd, I'd say if I had to pick one, I'd be saying Coventry. Now, if Dundee's playoff shirt were going to be their eighties jersey, no, I'd be back in Dundee. No, <laughs> no more fun house. <laughs> So um, moving on from that, I think we could um, we could cover that and cover that and cover that. I mean, it's with the excitement that it's been across the season to to, to close as close as it has at the top and the bottom of the league. I think we could talk um, all day about about the way which every which way that it could go. But moving on from that um, to the more negative side of the league, Dops has been active uh, over the last week. Um, Andy, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, the Nottingham Panthers night three. Jane Rissling uh, was assessed a two-game uh, match penalty for a misconduct for a check to the head. And um, yeah, I have seen the replay, and uh, it, it, I can't justify why it was only two games. I mean, the first tip uh, looks already like, like it was to the head, and then while Barry McKenzie of the five flyers was down on the ice, uh, still checking to the head with sick. And his gloves, I'm thinking, well, what's the point in that? When he's already down on the ice, he's not wanting any, he's not wanting to engage in this at all. But yeah, he's still 
throwing the punches with this with, with the gloves and the stick and I'm thinking why mm. and then Dops hand him a, a two game misconduct two game match penalty and I don't know it just, just doesn't seem right it, we talked at the start of the season the uh, how well Dops were doing in terms of consistency you know, they were explaining things really well in the videos uh, but recently they seem to have gone a bit uh, downhill uh, for me with the suspensions uh it's definitely more than a two game. I'd probably say a, a four or five game if I was being completely honest. Um, so yeah, I'm not quite happy with that. We just two games at all. So Andy said um, in respect of what we've all commented and actually how consistent Dops have been this season. Um, it's fair to say that this one just doesn't hit. Um, it's deliberate. It's dangerous. It's reckless. And haven't we heard them words used before on the same player? Therefore, repeat, offender again. How is it only two games? The, the video doesn't look good. You know, for, you know for, for the grace of God, McKenzie's not injured. I mean, I've heard of breaking the ice in terms of having conversation with people, but that was a just extreme version. Um, but everything about it was just, you know, the, the hit, everything was just wrong. The whole incident, the whole play was wrong. The, the suspension's wrong. It's... I kind of hope it's just end of season fatigue on Dops' part because it just don't make don't make any sense. It was about as wrong as that pun. That pun was about as cheesy as the Dundee eighties shirts. Oh, we um, love that tonight, mate. Don't worry. No, doubt. No, please don't say that. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, if anybody hasn't seen this incident, I have to say, watch it because it is eye-opening. It's it's baffled me completely. I, I just don't understand the logic. As you both already said, we've commented on the consistency. We've commented on how well we think Dops have been. I agree, maybe a little bit more off pace towards the the latter part of the season. But to be fair, even then. I think we might have said there may have been an extra game or a less game in it there or about. But for this, for me, I mean, I'd have been, I'd have probably been even looking for more, even more, Andy. I'd have said five or six plus. Just for the fact that for me, it's just a blatant intent to injure. I mean, he takes the guy down unprovoked, to be fair. Mackenzie gets hold of his arm to stop him from going one-on-one in his zone. The referee's going to call that for a hold already. And then Rissling just drops the puck, grabs hold of him, throws him down. Leave it at that, fair play. Stupid mistake, stupid overreaction, done. As if that's not bad enough, he then jump, he then climbs on top of him and while he's face down on the ice and can't defend himself, it's not even like he just extends his arms into the back with a cross-check. It's not even like it's a, you know, it's a half attempt to cross-check just to let him know, don't do that again. He literally puts his body over the top and puts all his body weight down on a cross-check on the back of his head. I mean, if that's not saying, A, he wants to cause some injury with his stick, and B, he wants the player's face to hit the ice on the front as well, I don't know what is. And that, for me, is just a blatant intent to injure. Rissling got, was it a six-match ban that he got for the hit on Mosey earlier on in the season? Yeah. It, was, it was something like that, was it? A six-match ban. For me, at least with that kind of hit, and it was the same with the hit from Jordan Owens previously, it was the same with the hit from Bentavoglio previously, at least the argument is there of it's you know the player may not be moving in for a hit to make head contact all it takes with that kind of hit is a mistime you mistime a hit by a second or two and that's your result that ain't the case here it's not a mistimed hit it's not an oh i've made a mistake that is a full blown i've lost it i've seen red and i've gone and, and i've gone for a player he could have easily ended his career with that and then on top of that, you throw on top of that the fact that there's, you know, he's a repeat offender. They've given him the ban for checking to the head. They haven't even mentioned the fact that he's a repeat offender on there. So I just, it just baffles me. It really does. But you know, that two I, games I, means also that he's back for the uh, second leg of the quarterfinal play in, in the playoffs. And I, I don't wish anything any injuries on Rissling at all. I don't, wish, I don't wish anything bad. But I hope he gets put on his backside. That was very, uh, that that was that was very PC put. That wasn't it. I'd like, to, yeah. I'd like to see him put on his backside. I I, I expected uh, Lizzie to be saying that. That was how um, eloquent it was said. <laughs> Brilliant. No, I, I 
to be fair, um, you know, uh, if they end up playing Fife, I can certainly see players wanting a bit of retribution for it. I see what you mean there. For me, the only thing that this smacks of is it, it just looks to me like that, like Dops have gone. This is how many games I'd have given it. But if they'd have given a five or six game, and then the Panthers get kicked out in the quarters, then he ends up with a one, two, three games extra over the playoff. And it just strikes me that they've looked at it and gone, we don't want the kind of the mess about of having a player carrying over bands if he comes back to the league and what happens if not and blah, blah, blah. It looks to me like they've gone the easy way, too much ban, he knows he's done wrong, leave it at that. Watch him score the game winner against Fife in the quarterfinals. Watch him just score the game winner in the final. No, just let's let's go quarterfinal first against uh, against five. I like that. No, no, no. It's all right. I like that. I do like that. Hold I don't want to think about him doing playing that. Playing five. Oh, they're currently matched up against five as well. Yeah, I, I don't want to kind of think of them winning the final. Sorry to the Panthers listeners who um, do do the podcast. I don't want to think of him scoring that game winner in the final. But let's start with the quarterfinal against five. Up in five. That'd be even better. Imagine all the, all the upset and the uh, the the Twitter outrage. Oh, I'll make our next podcast even better. Can you imagine if it went to like OT and it was an OT winner as well? Oh yes. Or like penalty shootout and he's the only person to score a penalty shot. He dangles and then just uh, does a celebration in front of all their fans. He does oh. a jo- he does a, a, a Jody Lehman playoff jump straight into yeah. the flex. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Brilliant. No, I, it baffles me, but you know, I, I say we, another thing that we could talk about until we're blue in the face. I, I think, to be fair, not Dobbs's brightest um, decision, but you know, we live and learn. Leave it at that. To be fair, um, certainly not going to go on about it like Five did with the, the Aaron Johnson hit, but I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to go into that. Um, this is part two. Oh, honestly. I'm not even going to go into that. Um, we'll bring it back more to a, a positive or a reminiscent um, moment, shall we say. Dave, um, there's been some news released by one of the more seasoned players in the league, shall we say. Um, some would call him the GOAT based on his stats and only his stats because I hate the phrase the GOAT. Uh, but would you like to tell us a little bit more about the news that Collins Fields has let out? Yes, Um when everyone says the GOAT, apparently it's Joe Martin. But this week, Carl Shields has announced that this is his final season in the Elite League and his intentions is to um, finish playing his hockey career after the World Championships in Kasichi. Um I know you don't like the phrase, but you look at his stats. He's the Belfast Giants' leading goal scorer. He's the Belfast Giants' leading assist. Therefore, also the most points scored by a player in a Giants jersey. Um Added to the fact, he's also Great Britain's leading goal scorer in all international hockey. It's a fair argument to say that he is what probably is the GOAT um, in terms of British ice hockey. Okay, Tony Tony handhold all the points and you know a lot more assists. But if you look at Shields and how he's um, his play at the top level, his the way he conducts himself, um, you never see controversy follow him. Um, he'll be missed by you know by the Giants. You know that, that is a um, a big hole to fill by them. But he'll also be missed by GB. I mean, you kind of suspected that there'll be some players that would use the pinnacle of double IHF hockey to to finish their careers. And in fairness, Colin was one of those in my mind that was going to do that. Um, but do you know what? When the guy has done what he has done, he has the right to to leave on whatever stage he he wants to. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a stint in Sheffield, um, weren't successful, but, you know, um, but he was always that player that you knew was going to score that goal, he was going to make that pass, and you hated him, you cursed him, um, because you knew he'd damage you, he, you knew he'd do the, the deal for his team, um, and he, he knows how to win. He's won silverware, um, plenty for, for Belfast. I suspect that he will be the next number going up to the rafters in Belfast um, I, I can't see an argument against that so um, you know hopefully he has another six games for the Giants or they will hope he has another six games um, and you know wish him all the best 
in his final year as a, as a GB player and, and, and the best for his uh, whatever the future holds for him. Yeah, he's he's an absolute legend for for, for Belfast. Um, you know, he's been he's been a he's been there a number of years now, and uh, the, the things that he's achieved, not just with Giants but with GB as a whole, is is incredible. Um, and you know, he's he's a real uh, hero for the uh, for the younger Brits to look up to. Uh, we'd we'd love to see more of him in the future, or players like him coming up and and being just as successful. Uh, but I think he's chosen chose a really good time. Uh, to retire, even though obviously it, it, it is sad to see him retire, uh, but I think he's chosen a good time uh, considering uh, this season, last season, uh, he struggled halfway through the season with injury um, and also the World Championships at a top level as well. That'd be fantastic to go out on, uh, play against the likes of Canada, USA, all those would be absolutely brilliant, especially being a Challenge Cup champion and maybe even the league league champion this season. So I think he chose a, re- a really good time to retire. And uh, obviously he's going to be a miss, not just by the Giants fans, never in Belfast, but everyone around the league as well. Yeah, I think you guys have covered everything you can really say about him. A, a huge asset to his team. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's 39 now, as according to Elite Prospects. So don't shoot me if I'm wrong. Um, but you know, a 30-game season, 12 points, and and to be fair, season for him that's been played with injury. Um, last season, he wore the A for Belfast. He got 55 points in 51 games. That's as a 38-year-old. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. As a British 38-year-old getting over a point per game in the Elite League, that's insane. Um, and you know, you look at pretty much every year. The previous year, 49 from 52. Every single time he's nearing a point per game, his overall average in the Elite League is 1.08 points per game in the Elite League as a Brit. And let's not forget as well, um, it's actually, I mean, we've, we've had, a, we've had a, a, a landmark year in terms of Liam Kirk being the only British uh, or English trained player to be drafted in the NHL. Colin Shields was the only British player that was drafted in the NHL playing in the Elite League this season. Um, you know, he was drafted in the sixth round, uh, 195th overall in 2000 by Philadelphia. Um, and you can see why he was drafted when you watch him play. Uh, and Dave, as you say, played in Sheffield, decided it wasn't to be. Eight games, eight points. So still, average, still getting a point per game in Sheffield uh, before going back to Belfast. So not really much more you can say about him, to be fair. Oh, and one thing to also note about Colin Shields is, is one of the criticisms of certain players, and this is not one I, I buy, but some people say, you know, if they're too good for the league, try Europe, and they may go for one year, it don't work, and they come back to the, co- the comforts of home. You look at Colin Shields' career, I mean, he, he tried cracking the North American market year, for a number of years. Uh, for, I think he played for University of Maine, just so somebody yeah. that stands out. Um, NCAA, yeah, University yeah. of Maine. Yeah. So he played in the in the um, east, I think East Coast. Um, I know that's in front, but he tried. Yeah. His luck. He then played in France, um, and I think another. I want to say another country. We have this. So he's done what people have said that the, the Brits who are good should do. So that's one thing. When when all said and done, he. he I don't think he'll have any regrets. He'll have memories. Um, thank you Colin for a great career yeah just to, just to back the stats up that you just said Dave I mean he played in the ECHL 119 games of the ECHL 0.66 points uh, NCAA was 117 points from 120 games so 0.98 points per game in the NCAA uh, and then France 26 games 15 points and 0.58 points per game there so certainly didn't certainly wasn't a case that they couldn't hack it overseas um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Dave. I mean, even as a, an opposition fan watching him, um, you know, you, you, he, he was he was great to watch. Maybe not when he was playing against you and putting the goals in, um, but yeah, you, you know, it's just got to be said. Utmost respect for the guy. Uh, so moving on from Colin Shields, uh, we've got one more thing on the agenda before we go on to the usual questions and predictions. Um, that is the usual topic that most people are still in the pub for at the playoffs didn't mean to say that oops um football mentality let's not start about football <laughs> mentality 
it's the league league awards. Um, I have to admit, don't normally go and watch. Normally sat in bunkers, but it's good to read up on who's got it first. Um, no, sorry, good to read up on who's won the awards whilst he sat in bunkers. So we thought it'd be fun, uh, and it's not been aided by Greth falling asleep, so we apologise for that. Uh, but we thought it'd be fun to run through who we think should won, should won, should win the awards. And then we'll collate together who we've suggested. We'll put a bit of a vote together on Facebook and Twitter, just like we did uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we'll see what you guys think. And then when we come round to next week, obviously next week we'll have an idea as to who's going to be playing who in the in the playoffs, in the, in the quarters. We'll also have an idea as to who's won the league. And also then we can also obviously probably we can discuss who, who you guys have voted for as to who you think is going to win their respective awards. So... Um, We've got forwards of the year, so we'll go through, because obviously, generally speaking, they award first, second and third for forwards of the year, defence of the year. Uh, so we'll run through the awards. So forwards of the year. Andy, do you want to give me your first three nominations for forward of the year? Yeah, my three nom- nominations are Ben Lake of the Coventry Blaze, Darcy Murphy of the Belfast Giants. And I know you wish you were one, but I think he's done really well this season. Uh, did decent last season as well, but I think this season stepped up really well and played really well for, for the team and that's Tim Crowder of Five Flyers Dave same question <laughs> same question I, I'll, I'm going to just quickly on, on Andy's that's the Crowder's a pick for what he's done for his club and my nominations my name's going to be similar but Ben Lake um, Darcy Murphy my third nomination for it goes to Mike Hammond um, he's, he's had a good year for for the storm, um, and in the absence of Greff, we're going to have some Manchester love, haven't we? So, now uh, that's there's my three um, forwards of the nominations. Yeah, three for me. To be fair, I go the same as you, Dave. Darcy Murphy, Ben Lake, and Mike Hammond. Um, I think we can all assume that out of those three, Greff is at least going to say Mike Hammond, uh, as he'd say Mike Hammond even if he'd scored three points this year just because he plays for Manchester. So, um, but yeah, no, they're my three: Murphy, Lake, and Hammond for me. Um, so yeah, moving on then, Andy, top three defensemen of the year. Yeah, my three are Gleason Fournier of the Cardiff Devils, Kelly Akered of the Guildford Flames, and Josh Roach of the Belfast Giants. Got a feeling this one might be a little bit, uh, a little bit easier with no, uh, <laughs> no contention here, Dave. I think there's going to be a consistent theme to this one because, surprisingly, my three: Gleason Fournier of the Devils, Kelly Akrud of the Flames, and Josh Roach of the Giants. Hey, you can't guess what mine are. You're going to tell me Paul McClymie, aren't you? Matt Climby. <laughs> I actually said Josh McFadden and Dallas Earhart. No, um, don't give me that look. <laughs> uh, no, Gleason Fournier, <laughs> Kelly Akerud and Josh Roach. So, to be fair, um, we don't have a Manchester player in there, so we can only guess that Greg's going to say Dallas Earhart just to get a Manchester player in there. Um, but we'll have to see. Uh, obviously, we'll put out a, a, a physical copy of this over Twitter and Facebook, and we'll include what Greg said as well so that you guys know. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, that's that one. Uh, we'll go to you first then, Dave, just to mix things up a little bit, um, throw a bit of a curveball. We've got Netminder of the Year, top three. So um, my top three nominations are as follows. Um, Best Gawarity of the Giants, uh, Ben Bounds of the Devils, and I've gone Shane Owen of the Five Flyers. Oh. Oh, indeed. Oh, indeed. I see what you did there. Oh, indeed. <laughs> totally unintentional. Don't try and take credit for that one. Always taking the credit. <laughs> Andy? Yeah, mine are Tyler Beskroani of the Belfast Giants, Ben Bowens of the Corps of Devils, and our another left wing one, but I think he's done really well this season. He's really helped his team, uh, pulled some really good results off done really well and I think and mine is uh, Joe Rumpel of the Glasgow clan do you know what I've never even thought of him what lie charming what's he going to think when he listens to this I'll apologise he's going to think Dave hasn't thought about me that is disgraceful <laughs> tell you what see you not in with the playoffs I'll buy you a pint 
Rumpel, Dave will send you an apology card. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, mine, to be fair, offer another curveball. So the obvious two, Tyler Beskarawani and Ben Bounds. And then for me, the third is Pontus Sjogren from Dundee. So another goalie that Dave's going to upset by saying that he didn't even think about. Oh, I did think of him, in fairness. I did have him in contention, but... Oh, so you just decided he wasn't good enough this time. That's much better. I, I just felt Owen just done more, just shaded it a bit more. Um, I just didn't even think of uh, Rumpel. So, meh. Meh. Fair play. We'll, uh, we'll stick with you <laughs> again, Dave. So we went, we went for Andy with two, so we'll go for you with two. Uh, British Player of the Year. So, so my three nominations, uh, and I think is going to walk it this year, or should walk it this year in my eyes. Kieran Long, uh, the Manchester Storm, had a absolute career year, and in my eyes, done enough to book his place in Kasichi. Uh, ben Bounds, um, stellar year in Cardiff, has now the the franchise record for most shutouts. Um, he's done well as, as he normally does. Luke Ferrara um, is my third one. Um, another good year for the Blaze, scoring lots of points for him. Um, and again, I think another player that will, in fact, I think all three will, Bounds will, because he'll be the starter, but all three of them will be on that plane to Kasichi. What are we thinking, Andrew? I've got, uh, for mine, uh, Kieran Long of Manchester Storm. I think he's done really well this season. He's really upped his, upped his game and found some really good form <coughs> recent. Uh, second one is Ben Bounds of the Corps of Devils. And another curveball, I've gone for Mark Richardson of the Corps of Devils. Uh, okay, he's not got many, many points. Uh, he's got 27 points in 50 games, but he's got six penalty minutes this season, and he's got a plus 31. And I think for a British player, that, that is pretty good. Mr. Reliable. Yeah, good shout. Uh, for me, Kieran Long... Ben Bounds, stick with the uh, the usual two. We seem to be agreeing on two, at least, on these. I'm liking this. Um, I think Greth will say Kieran Long, for obvious reasons. Um, my third is actually Ben O'Connor. I think if you look at his stats, um, he's not far behind at the top. I think he was about five points away from the top, or, or there or abouts. Um, but he played a few less games, obviously came in uh, later on in the season from Lexans. So, uh, for me, done a stellar job. It's a good plus minus as well. I think he's got a plus, uh, a plus minus of minus four, if memory serves me right. Uh, but no, done a, done a good job for the for the Steelers. For me, he's come back stronger since he came back from Lexans. Um, and as I say, the points, despite coming in later on in the season, uh, makes him a good pick in for me. Uh, we'll go back to, if, in fact, no, we'll not go back to Andy. I'll start this one off uh, then, seeing as though you guys have both had a shot. Um, the next is Coach of the Year. Uh, for me, the obvious two, Andrew Lord and Adam Keefe, I'd expect probably we're, we're probably both going to all all three of us are probably going to agree on those two. Uh, the third for me will be Paul Dixon uh, taking Guildford to uh, obviously the second year in the Elite League and to contest up to overtime for a Challenge Cup uh, amongst obviously securing a playoff spot, securing fifth in the league at the moment. Obviously that may change, but fifth in the league at the moment. So done a stellar job. Uh, for a team that's in the second year in the Elite League, I think he's done a, a fantastic job there. I, I'm not going to shock you, the first two, you, um, Lord and Keith. Um, my, my pondering for the third one is, is either Paul Dixon, for the reason you stated, or Pete Russell. Um, is a good year with Glasgow. Um, you know, they dragged them from where they were last year with the you know, abomination of the trip. Um, but. Sounds like a book. If had, the abomination of trip. <laughs> but if I had to pick a side, I'm leaning Dixon. And Drew, are you going to agree with us, or are you going to go something different? Um, perhaps. Um, I think you're right. I've actually gone with Paul Thompson, isn't he? Yeah. I've actually gone with Doug McKay. Paul Dixon. No surprise. Um, Rick Schoenemaz. No, actually, um, Paul Thompson, obviously. <laughs> no, I've I've gone Paul Dixon because you know what, um, second season with Guildford in in the Elite League, and the things he's achieved with them in such a short span, really well. Potentially one goal away from winning the Challenge Cup, uh, so he's done really well to get them there. 
I've also gone with Andrew Lord, uh, of course, uh, in, in contention with with a free peat. Uh, again, he's done really well with, with his coaching uh, this year. And no surprise, Adam Keith, uh, Challenge Cup champion coach. And, and again, he's, he's, he's put together a really good team. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, that's my three. Fair play. Uh, the last of the individual awards, and I'll, I'll kick this one off again, so then we've done two each, um, is Player of the Year. Um, bit more difficult to choose on this one. Got a bit more of an open bag. Um, however, my decision is Gleason Fournier of the Cardiff Devils, Tyler Beskarawani of Belfast, and Ben Lake of the Coventry Blaze. Uh, Darcy Murphy was in contention for that third space and uh, for that for that space taken by Ben Lake for me. However, the reason I chose Ben Lake over Darcy Murphy was quite simply, um, I thought it would be more interesting to have three different teams as well, as well as three different players. Um, so, yeah, Ben Lake, Fournier and Besko Rohani for me. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, my three nominees for the player of the year... Um, I'll show Murphy some love, and he'll be in one of the three spots. Uh, Darcy Murphy's had a great year with Belfast. Ben Lake, the obvious pick um, in that three, and also Gleason Fournier. Um, when you look at the, the the goals and points scored by the defenders, and he's like twenty odd points ahead of the next person, and he's also one of the top point scorers for the Devils. That's one one heck of a, a season for him. So that's my three, just to confirm: Ben Lake, Darcy Murphy, Gleason Fournier. Yeah, I, uh, I think John might like mine actually. I've actually gone with Silicus. Sil- I haven't actually. No, no you have not. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see your face, Joe. That's all. I nearly uh, wrote it down. Put <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt and Ryan Rupert were coming next. <laughs> Tom Parisi. <laughs> You're a gula. No, um, no surprises here. Um, Darcy Murphy of Belfast Giants, again, really good season from him. Uh, Gleason Fournier of the Cardiff Devils, uh, and Tyler Bescarani uh, of the Belfast Giants. Ha! Suck it, Dave. Okay. So, as I say, with those, we will um, we will get Greth's response. We will find out what Greth. Um, decides on those as well. We'll put that out on social media. Just to run through as well, just so that everybody's aware, and just to highlight a couple of things, um, the the winners from last year, uh, forward of the year, the top three were Joey Martin, Mike Hammond, and John Dunbar. Uh, Mike Hammond obviously being a big, you know, potential for getting a, a forward of the year again this year. Um, defenseman of the year was Andrew Hoffman, Jesse Craig, and Cali Ackerd. Um, Cali Ackerad, all three of us said, and to be fair, I think if we were to pick a fourth, Jesse Craig would probably be up there as well. Um, so two players there, obviously Hotham not in the league anymore. Uh, goalies were Bounds, Mustakovs and Illies from Fife. Uh, Mustakovs and Illies are no longer in the league, or Isles, sorry, I don't know, whether, I never knew it was Illies or Isles. Um, Mustakovs and Isles, no longer in the league. Ben Bounds, obviously a strong candidate for Netminder of the Year again. Um then we've got British Player of the Year was Bounds, O'Connor and Shields. Obviously, Bounds and O'Connor have been mentioned in that. Uh, Shields, obviously not. Coach of the Year, uh, first last year was Andrew Lord. Um, looking like Andrew Lord could pick it up again. Uh, Ryan Finity actually got it last year. I can't see it happening this year, given uh, how close they are to not making the playoffs. Uh, and then obviously Adam Keefe uh, was the third as well. So Adam Keefe, another potential there. Uh, this year as well and then just finally player of the year uh, we had Joey Martin Mike Hammond and Jesse Craig with a top three so again Mike Hammond could easily throw his hat into that category as well all to play for over the last couple of games as well for the stats um, as well as for the team so individual players as well got a lot to go for for stats uh, the last two for the league awards uh, probably the two that I think we've probably all found most difficult to uh, to decide on um, we've got the first all-star team and the second all-star team. Uh, I'll go with you first, Andy, just because you're the first on my list. Yep. So for my first first team, I've gone in goal. Uh, 
think you may have frozen there, Andy, if you might want to say that again. Sorry. Um, okay, in goal, I've got Talabaskarwani of Belfast Giants. On defence, I've got Mar- Uh, and left wing, I've got Dar- Darcy Murphy. Right, Andy, you need to go back again, mate. You, fr- you froze on my side again, then I'm not sure about on Dave's. I only heard goalie, and then you froze again. Right, it's, it's my- sorry, guys, it's my internet. It's all right. Uh, to be fair, I think Dave's, Dave's has gone a couple of times on my side as well, so it's, it's just an internet thing, can't be helped. Um, yeah, go yeah. on, so you've got best going net. Who have you got as your D-man again, yeah. mate? My D-man, well, from Cardiff, I've got Mark, Mark, Richards, Mark Richardson and Gleason Fournier. Uh, on left wing, I've got Darcy Murphy of Belfast Giants. On centre, I've got Ben Lake of Coventry Blaze. On yep. right wing, I've got Matt Becker of Manchester Storm. Fair play. Dave, same question. So, my team, uh, the first team was be as follows. Um, in goal, I have gone Bessawarini. Um, my defenders are Gleason Fournier and Kyle Akarad. My forwards um, on that first team are Ben Lake, Darcy Mercy, and Matt Becker. My second team. Uh, no, ben no, no, just, just go with first. Just go oh, with first. Sorry, my apologies. Just don't jump the gun. Yeah, the all gun, right. My apologies. First year you get to tell us who you've not thought about, and now you're telling us your second team before we've gone through the first. This is just disgraceful. Eager Beaver. Eager Beaver. <laughs> Um, so my team uh, isn't dissimilar to yours, to be honest, Dave. Goalie, uh, Tyler Beskarouani, D, Gleason Fournier and Callie Ackerd. And then I've got Matt Becker as your right winger, Ben Lake as your centre and Darcy Murphy as your left wing. Um, Dave, seeing as though you're so eager to uh, to tell us your second team, would you like to tell us your second team now? No. Um... All right, Andy, what's your second team? <laughs> <laughs> no, OK, um... So, second team, so as you heard, Ben Bounds will be between the pipes. Um, I've gone for Roach um, of the, uh, the Giants, and I've gone Ben O'Connor um, for the defence. And forwards, I've gone uh, Charles Lingley, Matt Hammond, and I think you broke up a little bit there, Dave. So, I think that was Charles Lingley, Mike Hammond, and Blair Riley. Can confirm. Is that right? Okay, no problem. Andy, same question to you, mate. Yeah, my second team in goal, I've got Ben Bounds of the Cardiff Devils. Uh, on defence, got Kelly Akred of the Guildford Flames. Uh, and Ben O'Connor from the Sheffield Steelers. Uh, in left wing, I've got Kieran Long from Manchester Storm. In centre, I've got Tim Crowder, Cardiff Devils. And on right wing, got Charles Lingley of the Nottingham Panthers. Charles Lingley plays for Cardiff, mate. <laughs> Cardiff, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. My apologies. Andy, my apologies. It's, Andy it's just broke some exclusive news um, for the signing for next season. It's fine. Hashtag yeah, rumour mill. Hashtag <laughs> rumour mill. Sorry, guys. It, it, it's been a long week. Uh, I've I apologise. I've got you back on this one, mate. Andy, the only people you have to apologise to are all the Panthers fans whose hopes you've just got up that they're going to sign Charles <laughs> Lingley. Next I'm year. not sorry, that's again. I'm not sorry. <laughs> But, however, if Charles Lingley does sign for Nottingham, you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> put money on it. But, but don't put money on it. Well, to be fair, you're probably as likely to get that to come through as an accumulator based on our predictions. So, yeah, why not? Why not? We do not condone betting at all. Um, that's a lie. Um, anyway, going, going on to my second team, um, we've got Ben Bounds in goal, uh, Josh Roach and Ben O'Connor are your two defenders. Uh, and then I've got Blair Riley as your right wing, Charles Lingley as your left wing, uh, recent signing for the Panthers, and they are centred by Mike Hammond. Uh, so, Dave, same as you again, mate. Um, just to flick through on, again, just last year's, uh, the first All-Star team last year was Ben Bounds in goal with Hoffman, Craig in D, and then Joey Martin, Mike Hammond and Sebastian Silvestre as your three forwards. Uh, your second team was Irvin's Mustakovs with Mark Matheson, Callie Ackerud, John Dunbar, Mark Olivier Valorand, and Luke Moffat. So, a little bit more change in those than possibly for the other for the other awards. But that brings that side to a close for us. Uh, as I say, we'll find out what Gref has to say. We can only assume that his answer for the All Star teams is we all dream of a team of Mike Hammond because, of course, 
he plays for Manchester. And of course, Greth is a homer for Manchester. Um, oh, however, Gareth. he's getting some hammer tonight, Inter. Well, you normally give me hammer, and Greth's not here, so. Well, it's not our fault that no one's here to mention Panther Joe, is it? Nobody to mention Joel Royal either. You've not thought about him. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we've got one question. Uh, it's actually from my dad, who doesn't have Twitter, so he's texted it me instead. Um, so he's lucky that I've remembered. However, the question is as follows. Should the Challenge Cup go back to the old format? So thinking about that, I'm presuming he means going back to a two-leg final. Um, rather than obviously the single final in Cardiff as it is at the moment, what do we what do we think, guys? I like the one off final. It it just it has it's like a, it's it's a show. It's all the spectre of the one off final. Um, it's nowhere near like these, but like the FA Cup final, the big well one off cup finals. Um, we've mentioned before on the podcast it needs to be a Saturday. Have one weekend, know the games, bang, Challenge Cup final. Wherever it is, make it a Saturday and it'll be a lot better than it currently is on a Sunday where people travel and then go to work the day after. Yeah, I think I'm the same as Dave. Uh, you know, you, you've got to think about sort of travel and, and everything. If it is going to be two legs, it's to travel, it's more money for fans having to spend and uh, get it from one place. Say if, if, if it's going to be in Cardiff, one one day and then maybe like place like Glasgow and next it's to travel back and forth from there so I, I think the one-off final is probably fine as it is um, and I think more than that it's probably just a bit too much uh, so I think it probably should probably stay up but just a one-off see I, I think it, I liked how it was before for me I, I get the I get the reasoning for a one-off um but I think if you have it as a two-leg, um, A, it makes it a lot more exciting in a respect of, you know, we've seen it before where one team could have two or three goal lead go into the second game, particularly with the nerves of a final, the pressure of a final, you know, imagine the atmosphere twist around with if a team that's two or three goals behind comes back to get the win. I, I, I think that adds to the excitement of the, of the, of the occasion. It would also give the fans of either side a better chance of seeing their team compete in that final, be it in one leg, whether they travel to the second leg. When it is, as it is at the moment, if it's in Cardiff, let's say Glasgow or Dundee make it to the Challenge Cup final. Realistically, you know, on a Sunday, as Dave says, we've already said ideally it would be on a Saturday if it's a one, you know, if it's just a one game. As it is at the moment on a Sunday, how many fans realistically are going to travel down to Glasgow or Dundee? Uh, sorry, travel from Glasgow or Dundee down to Cardiff for that one game. In comparison to how many fans would turn up at home, that's that's the only thing for me. So if you add a, if you add it as two games, one, you know, uh, one at one at home and one away. So obviously one leg in, in either team's uh, respective building. I just think it, it give the fans a better chance of seeing a bit of the action in the final. And as I say, it just adds to that excitement, that atmosphere. You know, every chance that a team could bring it back in the second game, just to give it a bit more excitement. Uh, but I can see it. But I can see it from both ways. To be fair, um, with the way it is at the moment, it's a chance to build up another weekend um, or another or another day. Um, but I like the idea of going back to two legs. I thought I thought that was quite exciting. Um, anyway, unless has anybody got anything else to add on that? Anybody? Side notes, or... I suppose this, the flip side argument's the same. You know, you can see the, uh, and we've seen it before um, when when Sheffield made the final before, or even fair when it was Cardiff Coventry both years, uh, and Cardiff pulled it back um, in the old WNIR um, with the one on penalties, and uh, can't remember the guy's shirt went for three and a half thousand pound on the auction. Um, so you can, it happens, it is there, it's possible, but for me, I'm 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 a fan of the one-offs, the the, the big occasion. Um, you get excited. Um, for the one-offs, you know, without knowing what's going to happen. Whereas you, you can get excited for the first leg, but sometimes that second leg is just a bit of a letdown, and you just go, okay, so we'll just pee around for the 60 minutes and hope and pray we can try and get back in. So, but yeah, you know, there's, there's pros and cons on either option. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose it, with the one-off finals, if the home team make it, there's no argument, there's no problem. If the home team don't make it, and it's somewhere like this year, for example, 
then he's going to look empty and everyone's going to, you know, whinge and moan. But that's the nature of the beast of a one-off final. And the nature of the beast of the Elite League of fans moaning about arenas being empty and things like that. It's It, it can't be helped, but it's the nature of being in a small league like we are. It's not like it's the NHL going to Game 7 in the Standing Cup. And that's the problem. That's the problem. It, it, we're in a small league, you know, it, it costs too much to travel from from a lot of places on a Sunday. You know, most people are going to have to take the Monday off work, things like that. I, I agree. If it goes if it goes to a Saturday, it would be a better event. But I just think the excitement potential, where one game could go one way and then it could completely twist and spin on a sixpence, I, it adds a bit, an extra element to the game. But as you say, the flip side is that second game could be. A big anticlimax. It, it, it is. It's, it's such a 50-50. Um, there are arguments for both, um, but for me, I, I'd like to see it go back to the three, uh, to the to the two legs, just because I, I just think that'd be interesting. But I, um, if yeah, if nobody's got anything else to add, we'll go on to the last section of the podcast for this week. Um, it is the predictions. Uh, so Friday is the first day of the game. So that's actually tonight now. Uh, we've got Belfast versus Fife and then Milton Keynes versus Manchester. So we'll go Andy, Dave, and then me. Uh, so Andy, Belfast versus Fife in Belfast. Uh, Belfast. Belfast. Dave? Belfast. Belfast. Trio for Belfast then. I'm going to say Belfast as well. Uh, and then we've got Man... Uh, try that again. MK versus Manchester. Manchester. Manchester, Dave? Manchester. Manchester, and again, a full house for Manchester on that one. Uh, Saturday, we've got Belfast versus Dundee in Belfast. I think Andy has frozen out for a second there. Try again. Try that uh, again. Belfast. Belfast. Dave? Uh, Belfast. Belfast again. We're going with full houses on every one at the moment. Uh, we then got Cardiff versus MK in Cardiff. I don't Cardiff. know if you... Oh, there we go. Cardiff. I'm sorry, Andy. I was going to say, I don't know if you responded then and, and it froze again or... Yeah. He's gone again with whatever you were saying then. Go on, Dave. What do you reckon? Cardiff. I'm, I'm going to go Cardiff. This is four full houses in a row at Cardiff. This is going to make for a really, really awkward like positioning next next week. How many? Who who came where in the in the rankings? Oh, we all we all came joint. <laughs> uh, we've then got Glasgow versus Fife in Glasgow. Oh, Glasgow, Glasgow. One thing to note from this, as far as flash scores goes, uh, Glasgow have lost their last five. Um, so I think this may be the game where they turn it around in their own building last weekend I would say Glasgow uh, Manchester Coventry in Manchester I think Andy's frozen again I think he has yeah. is that on dodgy collections in the 70s with a report from the World Cup in Mexico he's, he's, he's under Dundee 80s night <laughs> Andy it looks like you're back with us mate do you want to try that again the Manchester or Coventry Manchester. Manchester. Okay, I was going to try and wind him up then and say that yeah, <laughs> he's frozen again. Dave? Um, sorry, Graf. Coventry. Ooh, we've got his first break. But I'm with you, Dave. Coventry. Uh, and then last game on Saturday is Nottingham Guildford. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Nottingham. Guildford. You just like going against the grain, you don't you? I'm going to go Nottingham on this one. I can live with that. That's friendly wheat. <laughs> so it doesn't matter about Belfast versus five. Dave didn't even think about five on those ones, but he can go against the grain and Nottingham versus Guildford. Um, Sunday, we've got Coventry, Cardiff in Coventry I know what you're going to say Dave because you've already said it a couple of times but Andy Cardiff 
Dave, you going Blaze? Hmm. Let me think. Yes, let's go Blaze Ooh. for this one. Come on, yeah, Blaze. I'm going to say Blaze as well. Uh, MK versus Sheffield in Milton Keynes. Sheffield. Yeah, Sheffield's going to get a, a win. Brasso's last regular season game behind the bench before the playoffs. Yeah, Sheffield. Sheffield for me as well. Guildford versus Dundee. Guildford. This one, is, it's no longer except on the 80s, so Guildford. And Guildford for me as well on that one. Uh, then we got Fife Glasgow in Kakodi. Five. five. Yeah, yeah, let's go five. Yeah, and there's a five as well in five. So that brings the predictions to a close. Gref automatically forfeits because he fell asleep. Um, we actually presume he fell asleep. We just couldn't get hold of him. Today. So apologies if there's anything any other reason, Gref. Um, but unless anybody's got anything else to add. Uh, that brings us to a close. I've actually got one more thing that uh, that I think we should just say because it's something that's been announced within a team within the league. Um, you, you've just touched on it, to be fair there, Dave. You've just said Barrasso's last league game. The Steelers have obviously put in a programme, I believe. Uh, they've put out that Barrasso will not be returning next year. Um I know that there's Steelers fans that are disappointed with that. I know there are Steelers fans that have the opposite opinion. I'll just ask you guys briefly then, just before we go, what what do, what do you guys think? Or do you think he was the right fit? Do you think he'd have been good for another season? Or would you have rather have gone down a different route? Just wait till the reaction when they announce Paul Thompson back. Just saying, just throw that out there. Um, on a serious point, they, they put Rick in the Schoenemans is coming to Sheffield. <laughs> no, he's the assistant coach. Um, so they put in the program notes, they've announced on the website. Um, He's done as, as good a job as he could do. Um, it's, it's not his team. He's a coach and a coach only. He doesn't pick teams. We've, it's all been discussed before. It's we, we, you know, we've had him in Sheffield. It's been nice. You know, Joe's been able to talk about a, a, a double Vezier Trophy winner um, and a Penguins Stanley Cup winner. Um, so let's let's as Sheffield fans enjoy what we've had. Um, the rumours are going around as to who's going to replace him. Um, a couple of interesting rumours have circulated um, from the uh, NIHL. Uh, one uh, kind of in particular who may be um, getting that gig in behind the bench Sheffield. But, you know, let's hope that Tom can leave, leave us with some silverware and uh, maybe the European Tour winning the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it'd be very fitting, wouldn't it, for him to win the playoffs. Uh, but... I can see reasons for and against him leaving as, as to why, you know, um, I think he's, he's done a good job. He's, he's done the best he can with the players that he's had this season and he's, he's done really well to get us in, in the position that we are in. Hockey has, hasn't been the best, from, in, my, in my opinion. Uh, I've not been entirely enthralled in, in, in many games that he's been in charge of. Uh, but on, on the flip side... I would have liked to see uh, the sort of players that he, he probably could have brung in uh, and seen the the, the, uh, the team that he could have brought together. Um, but yeah, uh, but he's, he's done well, and and I very, very much thank him for what he's done this season. It's, it's been it's been tremendous. Uh, but it, it, it's quite exciting to see who we do get now. Yeah, absolutely is. I mean, oh sorry. You froze Sorry. then, Andy. Sorry, I didn't mean. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought you. I thought you'd done. No, it's fine. Um, I, I was just saying, uh, it, it'd be exciting to see who does take over that role, whether it be Chernemaz, uh, Doug Mackay, uh, Corey Nielsen, who knows. Tom Sestito. Be just exciting to see who gets it. Tom Sestito. <laughs> no, do you know what? Forget Tom uh, Sestito. I think we're going to bring back Corey Pecker, and he's going to be a bench coach. Assistant coach by Andrew Sharp. You heard it, you heard it here first. <laughs> oh, wow. You never know. He might be a good coach. Well, Colin Shields is retiring from hockey. People keep saying they want a newish coach. We could have Colin Shields. 
I'll tell you one name that is doing the rounds. I know this is this is complete utter rumor mill section now, but Doug Shepherd. Oh, he's doing wasn't, the he co- wasn't he coaching in the EPL for was Basingstoke? He was coaching for Basingstoke. Current coach for Bracknell was the assistant coach in Sheffield um, under Matt Soss. So yes, he's been a yes. coaching role previous. So if we're playing the rumor mill card, that's one that's it's doing the rounds. Um, and he also knows Sheffield. So knows the expectations, knows what the fan base demands and you know wants. So that, that bit of inside knowledge, you know, who knows? I think head coach Brad Crookshank, assistant coach Craig Kowalski, just because of the way that them two ended in that in that Venice clearance in Coventry, uh, Coventry Nottingham, <laughs> make a great the dynamic duo. Yes, that would be interesting. It could make for a funny Eddie at the end of a game, though, couldn't it? <laughs> Somebody just runs after the goalie and then there are all the players jump in. You can even get Simsy on the mic, just like on the Sky broadcast. Okay. Cameraman, pan over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say again, but, but uh, yeah. But uh, I'll, 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 I'll throw in what uh, Anderson, you know, to thank Brasso uh, for what he's done and, and his time in Sheffield. And I hope he's enjoyed um, his time in the UK. And good luck to wherever he ends up um, in future years. Yeah, I'm on the fence with it a bit, to be fair. Um, I didn't want to bring him back. I'll, I'll put my cards on the table straight away. Um, I think I don't think he had any interest uh, from what you hear. Um, I don't think he had any interest in recruiting. Generally speaking, obviously, he's an NHL coach. A lot of the time, it's left to the GMs. So, I think, realistically, we need a coach that's going to sign his own team. Um, unless we're going to bring in a dedicated GM. I've said before, Barasso with um, Finity as GM would be a great duo, but it wouldn't happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was brought in to do a job. That that job was get us through to the playoffs. Um, he's done that. We've clinched the playoff spot. We're in the quarters. Now we see how far we can go. Um, so it, from that respect, we've got to thank him. It didn't look like at one point, it didn't look like we were going to be making playoffs. So he's, he's certainly improved us there. The hockey's been 50-50. Um, I mean, the one thing that I've said, to be fair, is I was I was never as bored in a Paul Thompson game as I was bored in certain... And I and I, spe- I, just, I highlight and I, I exaggerate the, the, the word certain because it's not been in every case, but in certain Tom Barrasso games, things like the 2-0 loss against Coventry, the 6-0 loss against Glasgow, the 6-1 loss against Glasgow, and all three of those were in his own building. Um... You know, they they were games where you were sat twiddling your thumbs by the end. I, mean, I think at one point, didn't we get the um, didn't we get the Cardiff um Nottingham game where there was the Mosey hit? We ended up getting that up on YouTube at one point during one of the one of the Glasgow games, I think, and stuff like that. They they weren't entertaining games, but then other games have been cracking. Um, so you know, fifty fifty in that respect. Um, I wouldn't have personally brought him back, but you, as you guys have already said, you've got to thank him for what he's done. Um. I'll end that one on a fun Tom Barrasso. Sorry, just go on. There's also been rumour of uh, Aaron Fox, uh, coach next season of of the Steelers, uh, as he coached uh, the Medford Shack Zagreb uh, team last year, which were now folded in the EBL. So his name has been mentioned as a possible replacement for Barrasso. Yeah, we'll see. I question rumours that pop up at this time of the year, um, but yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see who comes in. Um, whoever comes in, it's it's hard to gauge as well. I mean, you never know. Um, you know, we we thought at one point Tommy had done his recruitment. We thought that we'd recruited a good team at the start of the season. But I think we were all sat there saying that the team looked good on paper. Um, the key thing is getting a coach that's going to bring in the right players and get them to play together. Um, it's a thing that we've seen coaches struggle with at times in Sheffield. Um, you know, Tom has struggled to get the players to play with each other at, at some point to the, to the ability that they possibly could have done. Doug Christensen obviously was, uh, was, was sacked mid-season for the same reason. Finity struggled with that, signed great teams on paper, and then just they just didn't play as, as well as they, you know, everybody expected them to. So it is an issue that we've we've seen in Sheffield a number of times, and obviously that could be the make or break for anybody's season if 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 a, if a, if a team's recruited and just can't play together. 
Um, so I think either way, uh, we, we've just we the, the key is we need a coach that's going to sign a good team, but it's also going to be able to get all the players to, to gel together as well. Um, but we'll see where it goes. As I say, I'm, I'm a bit sceptical about rumours that pop up, but um, there have been a lot of people saying that, to be fair, so you, you kind of got to wonder where it's coming from. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll draw it to a close unless anybody else has got anything else to add. Um, I will draw it with a close, with a fun, because I know how much you love me saying that, uh, that um, Barasso was a, a Vezina Trophy winner and two-time Stanley Cup winner. I'll give you one extra fun fact about Tom Barasso. He's actually the third winningish, so he has the third highest amount of wins for an American goalie in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, John Van Breesbrook and Ryan Miller are the two goalies above him. So a pretty decent stat as far as that goes. And Miller, Miller went over him recently, didn't he? Yeah, so he Miller went over him this yeah. season. Yeah, Miller went three, Miller's on 377, Tom Barrasso's on 369. On the list I'm looking at, this might be slightly backdated. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, he's overtaking him this year. Not bad company to have. Not a bad company to have. But on that, um, that brings us to a close from another My Fancy Zamboni episode. Um, if you've got any questions to ask us, go ahead, go through to social media. It's at NFZ Podcast on Twitter. It's My Fancy Zamboni on Facebook. Um, obviously, find us, drop us, a, uh, drop us a message or comment or tweet us with your questions. Let us know what you think. We apologise. I think there's been a few times where one or the other's Wi-Fi has gone. Uh, so we apologise if there's been a couple of breaks in people talking uh, in today's episode. Hopefully we should have the technical issues resolved uh, by next week. And hopefully we've managed to wake Greth up uh, for next week's episode. Um, but yeah, as I say, let us know what you think. Let us know any questions via social media. But for the time being, Dave, thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Andy. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. Yeah, thank you. And Andy, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. And apologies for the Wi-Fi. It's uh, Talk to Talk's fault. And I'm sorry for the mistakes. It's been, it's been a long week. We've not been able to listen in, in one take, so. <laughs> Do you know what, Andy? I love the irony there, because just as you were saying that, I think the Wi-Fi broke, then you you paused for a moment there. So just perfect irony. Uh, but no, well, thank you. All the Wi-Fi providers are available. Says, Dave, says Dave's whose Wi-Fi was also breaking then. <laughs> right. talk, talk. And then talk, talk. Now, do you know what? We're going to end this now before anybody else's Wi-Fi goes. So thank you very much to everybody listening. That's another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Thanks a lot. <laughs>